Welcome to Bridge City Church. We are here to lead people in a deeper relationship with Jesus and to grow the church locally, nationally and internationally. We pray you are blessed by this message. My message today is called Pursuing Peace, Purity and Perspective. And I want to read to you from out of the book of Hebrews, chapter 12. Verses 12 to 14. Therefore, strengthen the hands which hang down and the feeble knees. And make straight paths for your feet so that what is lame may not be dislocated, but rather be healed. Pursue peace with all people and holiness, without which no one will see the Lord. Looking carefully lest anyone fall short of the grace of God, lest any root of bitterness springing up cause trouble, and by this many become defiled. Heavenly Father, we thank you today for your word. We declare in this house that your word from Genesis through Revelation is your truth. It's your love letter to us. It's your letter of correction. It's your letter of direction. It's your letter of strategy, Father. And Lord God, we just proclaim in this house that we preach your word without compromise. God, I pray that as I bring this word today, Lord, it won't be my words that are heard but yours. That you would make my tongue as the pen of a skillful writer as I bring this message that you've spoken so strongly to me about. And God, I give you all the praise and all the glory and all the honour. Father, I pray that every person in this place today will leave with a little more of you locked inside their hearts today with a plan to move forward for the week that is ahead, Lord God. Knowing you more, loving you more, feeling your love more in every way, I pray. And God, we just commit this time into your hands in the precious name of Jesus. And everyone said, Amen. So Hebrews chapter 12 is preceded by Hebrews 11. Funny that, isn't it? And Hebrews chapter 11 is the faith chapter and we know that it's by faith, by faith, by faith. Uh, Chapter 11 just unfolds and it's worth a read. I won't do it today for the purpose of time. But um, as we look at 11, chapter 11, and then we come into chapter 12 and the, the scripture I've just read to you starts with therefore. So whenever you see therefore in the Bible, it means that as a result of what you've read before, take note of what you're about to hear. And so we know that we're talking about people walking by faith and we talk about people, uh, we know that the word is talking about people who have a relationship with the Lord as well. And so, you know, when we've been in the Lord a long time, it's easy to become complacent about certain things or maybe get comfortable about certain things as well. But, you know, church is not a bless me club. If we wanted to be just blessed all the time and not grow, we might as well just go and join a service club. Church is about a faith community that walks in the power of God and walks in the love of God. You're displaying that one for another, first for God, then for each other, and then for the community of not yet believers, because there's only two types of people in the world, believers and not yet believers. And we just know that God is at work in our lives and in our church. And I'm so blessed to be part of this church and to just to serve God in this house. You know, what an honour it is. But God's been really speaking to me this week, in the last week too, um, about, about this scripture. 
And there's a few points that I want to bring out today. So are you okay if I unfold this for you today? Great. All right. Strengthen the feeble hands that hang down and the feeble knees and make straight paths for your feet so that what is lame may not be dislocated but rather be healed. Walking in faith requires strength. It really requires a strength and scripture is acknowledging that we need, we've got to have need of strengthening and of strengthening ourselves in the love of God and in the power of God. It also means that we've got to negotiate a path that God is leading us down as well. And when we've walked a long time, we can get pretty weary. Sometimes our joints get a bit stiff and sore. Who's got joint issues? Look at us all. Wow. <laughs> Well, you've been walking a long time. You've been busy. So congratulations on that. That's awesome. But it's a strengthening that we need with all might by the power of the Holy Spirit. That what happens is when we become feeble and when we become uh, weak in our faith, we are open to attacks of the enemy and we can become really discouraged and discontent and we can fall away from the passion of serving Christ in the same way that he came to serve the purpose that he was sent for. And is one thing I've discovered in my faith walk is that, you know, without passion and love for God, our, our, our righteousness can be as filthy rags, really. And I persevere daily just to continue to allow God to build in me that passion to serve him and to speak his word without, without any compromise because it, it's the word will accomplish what it's sent to do and it prospers in that which it's sent to work within as well. So, so when we're walking with God, we're walking in faith, we have good times, we have challenging times, we have times where we get tired, where we have... Um, times of grief, times of sadness, times of sickness, times where we are maybe uncertain, walking in doubt, not really knowing what God's will is in that particular moment that you're in, in the season that you're in. But I preached a few weeks ago about out of Isaiah preparing the way and John, the, the parallel version in the New Testament, that every valley will be exalted every mountain will be brought down every crooked path will be made straight and the rough paths will be made smooth and that is the pre preparation of the way that God wants us to walk in you see if we walk in a path other than what God has for us we can fall into those deep valleys in it and and the crooked ways can wear us down and make those feeble knees that I've just read about very very sore so it's walking in the path that God has for us and allowing him to strengthen us walking with God and you know there's an aspect of it where we do what we need to do in the natural allowing God to show us in the spirit all that he wants you to do all in his timing and and the scripture that speaks to me so much is whatever you do work at it with all your might as working for the Lord and not for God and not for men so we leave to God the things that only God can do but we do what he's put in our hands to do. We pick up the stick, we pick up the stone and we do what God's put in our hands to do. All the while not being content just to coast along but seeking after him, seeking after more of him, seeking after more of his will in our life, more of his power in our life, more of his love in our life so that we can be in our families and in our relationships and in our community, the life and the love of God. 
because it's the love of God that's going to break all the bondages by the power of his spirit. Pursue peace with all people and holiness. See, peace and holiness go together. There cannot be right peace without holiness. And when I looked into this scripture, I looked at the word pursue. And it's in the Greek. Who speaks Greek here? Anybody? It's the Greek word. Now, you won't criticize my, my, my pronunciation. Dioko. And it means to press in, to press on, to pursue, is to run after, to reach the goal, to follow earnestly and relentlessly to acquire the goal that you are after. And that's as we seek after God, as we seek after him, pursuing him requires energy and it requires consistency and it requires a dedication. And there's some days where those things are a little bit hard to find. Or is that just me? Some days it's a little bit hard. Some days it's a little bit easy. But pursuing peace with all men and requiring a dedication to take responsibility for your own actions and your own choices that you make. Responsibility of pursuing remains because God wants our holiness and our faith to not be a static or a stagnant, not growing state, but he wants our faith to move into a place of dynamic living in a practical way and working and growing and maturing of the spirit of God in our character that not being content just where we're staged but pursuing after God seeking after God seeing seeing him just in front of you fixing our eyes on Jesus and and not diverting our gaze from him and not moving away from from looking full on into his wonderful face and loving him It's pursuing after him. And it goes on to say, well, actually, why why would we do that? Because we love him. (laughs) Because we love him. Jesus said in John 14, 15, if you love me, keep my commandments. And it says in John 15, 14, you are my friends if you do whatever I command you. So do we want to please God or do we want to please man? Are we man pleases or God pleases? Jesus said in 8.29, John 8.29, I always do those things that please him. And that's the son of God saying he always does the things that please the father. How much more should we take note of that and ask ourselves, am I doing something that's pleasing God or am I not? And children, you know, when you think about those things and you, you might be tempted to do stuff and you can ask yourself the question, what would Jesus do? You know, what, what, what would Jesus do? It's a really good motto to live by and big children as well. What would Jesus do in this situation? You see... <laughs> Life can be hard, and we've already established that. Relationships can be difficult. It can be easy to be hurt. It's easy to be rejected and stuff happens. It's easy to hold unforgiveness. And it's easy to turn your back on people that have hurt you. It's easy to turn your back on the church. And then ultimately, it's like an ever-descending spiral that you turn your back on God or parts of God that you're not willing to share of yourself with him. And... You know, 
It's so easy to lose sight of God and the God purpose in everything in your life unless we're fixing our eyes on Jesus and unless we're walking in the path that he has for us. And, you know, it says also that unless pursue peace and holiness with all men, unless a root of bitterness would grow up and cause trouble, cause dissension, cause division. And you don't have to be around people long before sometimes you find that there is differences of opinion, that um, stuff that happens and you can say, well, where's God in that? And, and if you've got something against your brother, you know, if you've been hurt by someone, what do you do about that? Do you go to them? Do you tell them? Or do you hold unforgiveness? I was having a conversation with someone this week, uh, a not yet believer, and um, this person was saying, I, I can't forget and I can't forgive. And I talked to this person about the fact that when stuff happens to you, we get to choose. Because if we continue to hold unforgiveness in our hearts, it doesn't necessarily mean that you are saying what you did was right. But if you have to release that forgiveness to that person, because otherwise you are building yourself a prison around yourself so that you can't break through and you are being held captive by unforgiveness in your life. And and this person said to me, I've never thought about it like that. And I said, well, it gets to be a choice. It's not a feeling, it's a choice. You choose to forgive. You choose to walk on. You may not re-establish relationship with that person, but you give it to God. And this person said, well, I don't do that. And I said, well, I'm just telling you how I live my life. And so unforgiveness is one of those things that will build a built uh, a root of bitterness on the inside of you and affect the walk that you have with God and those bitter roots can cause such incredible division so pursue peace with all men to the extent that you're able are you able to make it right with your brother or sister if not forgive them release it to God pray for them bless them And don't allow it to become a stumbling block in your own life or a root of bitterness that builds up where everything you see is clouded by the lens of that person and what they have done to you or those circumstances have done to you. So if we be about God's business, we'll tell God about what we're doing. He knows what we're doing anyway. My five-year-old granddaughter this week said to me that, Why, how do I talk to God when I don't know what the words are? And I said, little one, he hears your heart. You just think about it and you tell him in your heart the things that you want to tell him and he understands. She said, mama, that makes so much sense. This is my five-year-old granddaughter. So sometimes we don't have the words. We can't bring it out in words. But just tell God about it anyway and be about his business. You see, it says that that root of bitterness will cause trouble. And there's enough trouble in the world. We don't need it in the community of believers, do we? Let's look at 2 Corinthians 4, 16. Therefore, we do not lose heart. Even though our outward man is perishing, yet the inward man is being renewed day by day. For our light affliction, which is but for a moment, is working for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory While we do not look at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things that are seen are temporary, but the things which are not seen are eternal. So the very thing which we had or maybe felt was breaking us is the very thing when submitted to God can become a great strength. 
the very thing that has been a stumbling block or a root of dissension or division, when we submit it to God, can become a strength that we can overcome and walk over it and use it as a building block to moving forward and pursuing God despite what we see around us. Because God is perfect. And guess what? We're not. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> We're not. We're works in progress. We're not where we were, but we're certainly not where we're going to be either. And if we allow God to work in us and deal with us and show us his great love in us and through us, that when we have a true understanding of who God really is and his incredible love for us, his incredible love that he gave his only son to die in our place, when we understand and have that little glimpse of his incredible agape love, the love that is without condition and when we understand how much we are loved, when we can then love God back and when we can do that, we can love each other in the way that he wants us to. But it's a process. It's a process. The very thing that was trying to break us, the very thing that maybe the enemy has sent to bring us down or the very sin that we were in, that was causing us to be away from God. I was listening to Jeremiah on my drive this morning, Jeremiah 5, and it said, it's the sin in your life that's stopping the blessing in your life. And I thought, wow, that's really legalistic. But then I started to think about it as well. And I thought, you know what? If we are willfully sinning and not aware of, if we're willfully sinning and we know the good that we should be doing and we're not doing it, then the blessing is going to be stopped. And we don't serve God or love God to be blessed. It's conditional upon our obedience. If we love him, we obey him. But when you are willfully doing that, we need to repent. And I'll get to that in a minute. It's a refining fire, this life. 1 Peter 1, 6 to 9. In this you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while, if need be, you have been grieved by various trials, that the genuineness of your faith, being much more precious than gold that perishes, though it is tested by fire, may be found to praise, honour and glory at the revelation of Jesus Christ, whom having not seen, you love. Though now you do not see him, yet believing, you rejoice with joy inexpressible and full of glory." receiving the end of your faith, the salvation of your souls. So pursuing peace and holiness. Pursuing holiness. What is holiness? It's cleanness. It's sinlessness. <laughs> it's creating a clean heart. And I think Pastor Paul spoke last week on Psalm 51. A clean heart and holiness is being separated from sin. And darkness and the devil's works through faith in the Lord Jesus Christ and the finished work of the cross. It's really simple. It's really simple. Holiness is not a title, but it's a lifestyle in pursuing the things of God and his plan for us all. It's not sitting on a cloud with a harp. It's not being separated from the world. We're in the world. We're in the world to make a difference in the world we're in, but we're not of the world. We are of a different spirit. We've been bought at a price. We've been brought from out of darkness into his incredible light. 
Once we're in darkness and now we're not. God has shown us the incredible way to walk and to love and to be in him in everything we need to do. Let's read Psalm 51, verse 10 to 12. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit or a steadfast spirit within me. Do not cast me away from your presence and do not take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation and uphold me by your generous spirit. It's walking in the love of God, in the love of God that will compel us to pursue him more. And it's not by works, it's by faith, and yet works and faith go together. It's not sitting in a place and just praying all day, it's then walking in obedience to what God says to you to do. There's time to draw away and there's a time to be active and we've just got to understand the season that we're in. But it's the love of God when we're in relationship with Jesus that compels us. 2 Corinthians 5.14, For the love of Christ compels us because he, we judge thus that if one died for all, then all died. And he, that's Jesus, died for all. That those who live should no longer live for themselves, but for him who died for them and rose again. So how do we pursue holiness? We hold fast the word of God. We hold fast the word of truth. We're in our word. We're in worship. We are taking hold of the scripture and we are hiding it in our heart. Psalm 119 says, Your word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against you. It's taking hold of that word. It's listening to the word. I listen to the Bible hours and hours and hours every week. And sometimes... Last Friday after I left the hub, I was driving home and I was listening to Jeremiah, the weeping prophet. And I really relate to him because I'm always crying. <laughs> and I, I just, the word just hit me and I had to keep replaying it and replaying it over and over again because there was something God wanted to speak to me out of Jeremiah. He said, I have loved you with an everlasting love. And when God sends his word, and it's a rhema, that is a revelation word that goes straight into your spirit. You know you can trust. You know you can take hold of that word. You know you can apply it. And I cry when the spirit of God touches me. So don't be embarrassed. This is the natural me. <laughs> Precious, isn't it, Sheena? Yeah. So when that word does its work and you can listen and listen and listen and when it hits you, it hits you in your spirit and it's like, yes, that's true. On my, on my wedding ring, it's the, I have the Hebrew, I have loved you with an everlasting love and my husband and I exchanged wedding rings in 2006, new wedding rings because we've been married since 1986 
but in Israel. And so it was a really, really specific word for me. So when you're listening to the word, you can hear what God wants to say to you and a lot of it will wash over you. And a lot of it will just, you think, yeah, I don't know what I've got out of that today, but it's filling your spirit. It's filling your spiritual tank. It's filling you up so that when you need that word, it's there for you to draw on and it's there for you to take and it's there for you to apply. And so trust in the word of the Lord, trust in his word. And as he brings it to you, it brings holiness. It creates in you that clean heart as you hide that word in your heart. It's worshipping him. It's listening to him. It's coming into church on a Sunday. But Sunday isn't, isn't everything. It's the beginning. It's the launching pad for the week that is ahead of you. It's the launching pad where you come in with brothers and sisters, like-minded believers, and you worship God. And then you go out into your world and into your community and you make a difference because you've entered into the presence of God. You've worshipped him. He's washed you. He's cleansed you. You've laid aside every weight that would hinder you so that you can run with endurance the race set before you. And it's also understanding in the natural as well that as we walk in that love of God, God sharpens our senses to understand that there are things we shouldn't watch, there are things we shouldn't listen to, there are things we shouldn't say, we shouldn't be doing things that... Yet again, children, what would Jesus do? Things that come against you and just make you feel yucky. That's not holiness. And God, he wants us to pursue him after those precious, precious, incredible love moments with him where he can fill us and say, it's all right, my precious child. I've got this. I've got a plan for you. I've got a path for you to walk. You don't need to dabble in this. You don't need to walk in that path. I'm going to take you through. That is the clean heart. That's pursuing peace and holiness without which no man can see God. Amazing God. Draw nigh to God and he'll draw nigh to you. We hold lightly to the things that are of the world, but we pursue God with every fibre of our being so that we can build according to the pattern that God has for us. Because the things that are temporal, things that are temporal will just pass away, but the things that are eternal are the things that we're going to build and we are building for all that God wants to do in us and through us. I love this too. The bride has made herself ready. See, we've got to take responsibility for our actions. I'm not responsible for you and you're not responsible for me. It's our own faith walk. And I love that about God. He loves us all so incredibly, uniquely, equally, powerfully. And yet he requires different things of all of us and he requires some things the same of all of us. Submit yourself to God. Resist the devil, the devil, and he'll flee from you. When we walk in the love of God and we choose that, we make responsible ourselves to God and to nobody else. And I'm not saying that you don't submit yourself to authorities or anything like that because that's the world we live in. But Revelation 19.7 says, Let us be glad and rejoice and give him the glory for the marriage of the lamb has come and his wife has made herself ready and this is talking about end time stuff 
and the wife or the bride, the wife and bride is Israel and the church, have made themselves ready. And that talks about the fact that we need to take responsibility for our own actions and the things that we do. How do we do that? I'm responsible for me. You're responsible for you. Keep a short account of your own sin and bring repentance into your daily prayer. Lord, forgive me. 1 John 1, 9, if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Amazing. Short account. Because all we know in this life is the moment that we have. My friend just got diagnosed with terminal cancer. And they've just retired two weeks ago. All we know in this life is this moment that we have. But we know when we're in God, we build for eternity. We're walking towards eternity. And this man is not a believer yet. He's a not yet believer, but I've got an appointment with him this week. (laughs) And I know... (laughs) At the end of the day, we're all going to die or Jesus is going to come back and bring us up in the rapture and then he's going to come back with the second coming as well. But as sure as I stand here today, I, I plan to die a very old age. <laughs> but I want to live each day as if it's my last because none of us knows. None of us knows. And I don't want to be heavy about that. But I understand the importance of this life that God has given us and the incredible anointing and call upon every single person in this place to make a difference in this world. But it's in pursuing peace with all men and holiness without which no man can see God. And you know, we're not perfect We have this treasure in earthen vessels that the excellence of the power is all of him and not of us. And we're pots, we're like cracked pots made by the potter, the master potter. And he's made some vessels for noble purposes and some for not so noble purposes. But Isaiah 64, 8 says, But now, O Lord, you are our father. We are the clay and you are our potter. And all we are are the work of your hand. Romans 9.20, But indeed, O man, why are you, who are you to reply against God? Will the thing that formed say to him who formed it, why have you made me thus? You see, sometimes we question God. Why am I like this? Why am I always having to battle with this? Why don't people like me? Why does everybody like me and I don't like anybody, you know? You fill in the blanks for your own situation but when we go to God and say why have you made me like this Lord you made me it's understanding that he's created us for good works to fulfill his purpose in our life and through our lifetime that we live and when we question God it's like unbelief and there's no problem with saying to God you see God is big enough to to take your whys you know, why, why God, why? Because God loves us so incredibly. And, and if you're a thinker and you really question things, you need to be able to talk to God because he's put that in you anyway. It's part of your nature. 
But when it's saying, I wish I was like somebody else, no, don't ever wish that. You be the person that God has created you to be and is creating you to be because you are perfect in his sight. And God looks at you and he sees you through the blood of Jesus that you're covered, your sin is covered. And he's working within you even all the while that you are not perfect, but God sees you. You are the righteousness of Christ Jesus because you've made a decision for Jesus Christ. He's amazing. He's amazing God. Amazing God. So we need to renew our minds so that we're not doing that questioning all the time because questioning will rob you of your joy. Questioning will rob you of your peace. Questioning beyond the natural is what I'm saying. It's good to question, but you've got to come to a place where, right, I understand. It's not the fact, it's by faith. I'm going to walk by faith, knowing that God has called me. God has equipped me. God has given me a purpose. God has given me a plan. God gave me to the parents that he gave me. And even though it might not have worked out very well, he still knew what he was doing because man and woman have freedom of choice. But when we become adults, we also have freedom of choice and we can decide whether we forgive, whether we forget, whether we put those things away, whether we take hold of what has been a battle for us and make it a great strength in our lives or whether we become victims to what has happened in our lives. And I, for one, choose to not be a victim as much as I'm able (laughs) It's the renewing of our minds through the washing of the word. Titus 3.5, not by works of righteousness which we have done, but according to his mercy. His mercy. He saved us through the washing of regeneration and renewing of the Holy Spirit. You see, the Holy Spirit has been given to us. He's like an inside conscience saying, "Uh uh-uh, don't do that or yes, do that. Listen to what God is saying to you. When you're praying, when you're seeking him, when you're listening for the word of the Lord, when you've delivered all your prayer needs and just stay in that place of stillness and listen to what God wants to say to you because God wants to speak to you. And it may just be a feeling, it may be a thought that comes, it may be a scripture that comes, but whatever God speaks to you will always be backed by his word, always, always. Romans 12.2, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. And then we can exchange our weakness for his strength because we're coming from God's perspective, not our own. 2 Corinthians 12, 9, and he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. So praise God for the weakness that keeps us dependent upon Jesus. Amen. So to exchange our perspective for God's perspective. Ephesians 2, 4 to 10, but God who is rich in mercy because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved and raised us up together 
and made us sit together in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus, that in the ages to come he might show the exceeding riches of his grace in his kindness towards us in Christ Jesus. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God. Not of works, lest anyone should boast, for we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. So then we ask ourselves the question, whose agenda are we about? Are we on our mission or are we on God's? Are we doing God's will or are we doing our will? Or a little bit of both? I think a little bit of both is pretty normal. But you may disagree with me. But if we're pursuing peace with all people and holiness, we're about the Father's business. And God is not a Father God who wants to hit us about. And we're not under law, we are under grace. But the word also says not one jot or one tittle of the law will pass away. But when we're under the grace of God, we live in that grace of God and we apply grace to our own lives and to the lives of those around us as well. And when we have that God perspective, we're seated in heavenly places with Christ Jesus, we can see from above those circumstances so that when we're seeing all of the injustice and we're seeing the wrong and we're seeing the hurt and we're seeing the pain, we're getting the God perspective and we can pray into that situation and we can, we can make a difference when God says, now go, now stop, now walk, now sit, now pray, now love on that person. You see, if we're listening to God, then he gives us that capacity to hear him. Then we can walk in the path that he sets for us. Pursue peace with all people without which no one shall see the Lord. This scares me. I don't get scared, but this puts the fear of God in me. Matthew 7, 21 to 23. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my Father in heaven. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name, cast out demons in your name, and done many wonders in your name? And then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. See, it's possible to have a form of religiousness, but denying its power. It's possible to think that, you can do all sorts of things and yet not be submitted. You see, you can make Jesus saviour, but have you made him Lord? Is he Lord of your life? Is he master of your life? Is he the Jesus who is the lover of your soul? But is he your Lord so that when he speaks, you say, yes, Lord. When he speaks to you, say, Lord, I'm listening. Like in the book of Samuel, speak, Lord, your servant listens. And I don't want to bring a heavy here today, but... God has been speaking to me so much about pursuing peace and holiness to get that God perspective so that we can make the main thing the main thing and that's bring Jesus to a lost and dying world. That we can live in the holiness of God, that we can live in the power of God, that we can live in the grace of God 
and we can be responsible for the choices that we make according to what God wants us to do in his timing. Because you know that in, unless it's God's timing, if you bring forth something outside of its time, it either fails to thrive or it dies. So it's walking in God's timing in all things. And understanding that so often holiness is like there's a wrong concept of it. It's just being clean before God. And when you clean yourself before God, when God does that work in you that only he can do, you see, when you've got sin in your life, it can weigh you down. It can put a heaviness on you. It can make you feel so bad. And yet when you come before God and say, create in me that clean heart, he lifts it from you. He lifts that burden of sin from you. We can repent of it and we can stay close to God so that we don't get tempted to go back into those things again and again. See, things that are not preached in the church today are holiness, sin, the second coming of Christ. And it's all part of the whole gospel of God. It's, it's Genesis through Revelation. And unless we look at the full tenet of Scripture, we're only getting snapshots of God. God is a holy God. He's an all-consuming God. He's a fire. He's wondrous. But he loves us so incredibly. So pursue peace with all men and holiness so that we can see him in the fullness of his glory and that as we see him, we get his perspective on what it is in our life that he wants to do in us and through us. Amen. Does that mean we put up with rubbish? No. No, we don't. Do what God requires of you. And if he's challenging you about something today, say yes. Say yes, Lord. I'll do it. Pray for your circumstances. Pray for your people, your family, your friends, your workmates. Apply that grace to yourself as you need sometimes to forgive yourself for some of the things you might have done. But also apply that grace to others and forgive others so that there's no barrier. There's no barrier that you're carrying. Forgive. Do what you can do in the natural and leave it to God to do what only God can do. Trust God and trust his timing in everything. Amen. Shall we pray? Lord, your word says, pursue peace with all people and holiness, without which no one shall see the Lord. Father, we thank you today for your word and we thank you, Father, that, Lord, as we pursue you, we pursue after you, we seek after you because you are the one we want, Lord God. Lord, you would show us the way to walk. You would show us the things we need to do. You would show us the things that we need to not do. That you, Father God, will help us to make peace with all men as much as we're able. And we understand also that there are some that we can never make peace with. But, Lord, we leave that to you. Our responsibility, Lord, today is to lay at the foot of the cross those that we need to forgive. And even ourselves. We just humble ourselves before your mighty hand. Say, Lord, create in us a clean heart 
renew that right spirit within us. God, we pray that in thought and in word and in deed that we would generate and build a culture in our lives of pursuing holiness and cleanness, seeking after you and your will in everything we do, in our thoughts, in our words and in our actions, Lord God. Father, we pray that you would give us your perspective no matter what stage of life we're at or what we're going through at this time. We we just ask, Father God, that Lord, as your word says in Ephesians, we are seated in heavenly places with Christ Jesus our Lord. That as we embrace that perspective from above, you would show us the things we need to see. You would show us the things we need to do. And you would show us the things we need to not do. So that we can activate faith to believe you for all the promises you've made in your word for us and our loved ones. Father, we just choose this day to position ourselves in you. Lord God, I pray that if there be anyone in this place today or online who does not know you as Saviour or Lord, that as we pray now, you would open every heart to receive you. So Father, we come before your throne of grace in the name of Jesus. And we ask you to forgive our sins, Lord God. We ask you, Lord God, to take hold of our lives and create in us that clean heart. We ask you, Father God, to set us on a right path. We give you our lives today, Lord God, and say, Lord, we want you to be our God, our Lord, our Master, And Jesus, you are the saviour of the world who died in my place. Your blood was shed for me. I thank you that you died the death that I deserved, that I might live. I choose this day to give my life to you. And all that I am, all that I have been, and all that I will be, will now be found in you. Commit my life into your hands now. In the name of Jesus. And Father, I pray for anyone who's made that decision today. Lord God, you would just minister to every heart and every mind in this place and online. And draw them close to you for your purpose and your plan. In Jesus' name I pray. And everyone said, Amen. Amen. Thank you for joining with us today. If you would like to find out more, you can get in touch with us on our website at bridgecitychurch.com.au. See you next time.